Marketplace is supported by Putnam Investments, recognizing the value of financial advice since 1937. Putnam Investments, a world of investing. Produced in association with the University of Southern California. You give us half an hour, we give you the meltdown. Downgrades, the Dow, and what happens now. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Marketplace is supported by Constellation, supporting customer choice and clean, efficient energy sources and technologies, working with customers nationwide to create a sustainable energy future, Constellation.com. Sustainability coverage is supported in part by the Candida Fund, furthering values that contribute to a healthy planet. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdal. Good to have you here on this Monday, everybody. It's the 8th of August today. Well, you know, we were going to do the numbers music right there, but that's electronics and live radio. But here's the deal. The Dow Industrials plunged 5.5% today, 634 points. The Nasdaq off 6.9%, 174 points. The S&P 500, 6.2%, 79 points. Money looking for a safe haven. What did it do? Oh, yeah, it went to those downgraded U.S. bonds. Prices rose enough to push the yield down on the 10-year T-note to 2.34%. So we don't usually do the numbers up at the top of the show. It's kind of unusual, but suffice it to say, these are unusual times. And we're going to be talking to a guy named David Beers in a couple of minutes. He runs sovereign credit ratings for Standard & Poor's. But before we get there, let's take a step back and retrace how we got to AA+. From New York, Marketplace's Stacey Vanek-Smith starts us off. Standard & Poor's said it had two reasons for downgrading U.S. debt. Call it a cocktail, equal parts economic and political. And that's pretty unusual, says economic analyst Keith Davis with Farr, Miller & Washington. It's a critique of the whole political process. It's as much a, a critique of that as it is, you know, our financial situation. In its statement, S&P said it doesn't think Congress will be able to bridge the political gap and do what needs to be done to reduce the deficit. And a lot more needs to be done, says Michelle Meyer, senior U.S. economist for Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. So in order to have a true plan uh, for fiscal austerity, it has to address Medicare and Medicaid um, and also tax reform. Tax reform, a.k.a. raising taxes and closing tax loopholes to help pay down the deficit. Nearly all Republican lawmakers have signed a pledge not to raise taxes. Charles Gabriel heads Capital Alpha Partners, a political risk forecasting group. Well, the biggest fights are you know, clearly over Republicans' resistance to adding any new revenue as part of the solution. Uh, and uh, the, on the other hand, the Democrats are very resistant to tackling entitlements. S&P said the cuts Congress has made are not sufficient. It also blamed an unwillingness to raise revenues and invest in kickstarting the economy and creating jobs, jobs which would generate tax revenue. Again, analyst Keith Davis. S&P outlined um, a few things that they needed to see to be more comforted that we are on a more sustainable path going forward uh, with, with regard to meeting our debt. The political wrangling that took place, I think, signaled to them uh, that we are not up to the task of coming to a compromise. Particularly with elections just around the corner. In New York, I'm Stacey Vanek-Smith for Marketplace. A reasonable question right about here might be, so if our political system can't run our economy anymore, who can? Our Washington Bureau Chief John Dimsdale has that part of the story. 
Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke only has two tools left in his belt, but he's been using both a lot lately. He's hammered interest rates down to zero and ratcheted up the printing presses several times. And some say it's time to crank them up again and print more money. The theory is is that what we already owe on the debt would become easier to pay back because each dollar would be worth less. You heard right. George Mason University professor Todd Zawicki says the Fed may be considering a little inflation. That way, the government could repay the expensive dollars it borrowed with cheaper ones. It would help underwater homebuyers, too. Former White House economic advisor Jared Bernstein says there's something to this idea. And uh, I would be an advocate of going uh, a small part of the way there, uh, but not too far. And by the way, the Fed has followed this route by uh, injecting more credit uh, into our financial system, and it's actually uh, helped uh, quite a bit. But for Professor Zwicky, any more cheap money from the Fed would be like burning a firebreak to contain...